Arizona Sports is proud to present the Uprising Podcast. Uprising Podcast. Hello, and welcome into a preseason edition of the Uprising Podcast. I am your host, Jake Anderson. Today, my guest is Phoenix Rising's newest official signing, former Minnesota United defender, James Musa. But Musa's no stranger to manager Rick Schantz and Rising fans. For those new to the program, the New Zealand International spent two years in Phoenix from 2018 to 2019. In that time, he bagged two goals and had three assists. And one of those, if uh, you didn't have the fortune to see it, was a 50-yard volley. Yes, I am not misquoting that. A 50-plus-yard volley, even, that Adam John, former Phoenix Rising striker, was able to hit on the volley first time for an incredible goal. Now, the only difference in his second stint is going to be where he plays because with the midfield shaping up to have the likes of Kevon Lambert and Aiden Quinn, Moose is going to slot right into that left center back role. So without further ado, let me bring on Phoenix Rising's newest returnee, James Musa. James. How you doing, brother? Good seeing you again. How you been? I'm good. I'm very well. Yourself? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's, uh, I'm, not, I'm sure I'm not the first one to welcome you back, but uh, welcome back to Phoenix. Um, Thank you. I, I know that they, uh, they made the joke. It was the worst kept secret, obviously. Uh, it uh, got over here. Everyone found out a little before the initial signing. But now that you actually are here and it's official, how does it feel to be back with Phoenix Rising? I'm very happy to be back. Um, obviously, it was nice to go away and you know get the experience in MLS and, and learn off those guys and then to get the opportunity to come back and you know, help the club compete ultimately for that USL championship. It's a, it's an honor for me to come back and, um, yeah, and, and help the club reach its goals. Um, I, so with the MLS starting later, USL starting later, the, the off season's longer and obviously the announcements for signings has been a, you know, a lot dragged out than fans, media, we're all used to. Can you kind of take us through, you know, as a player that's going from one club to another during a pandemic and all that, what is that like as a player when, you know, Bobby and, 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 and Rick are reaching out to you to get you back over here? Yeah, it's definitely uh, been an unusual off season. That's for sure. And just speaking to a lot of people in the States, you know, everybody's kind of in the similar situation. Um, a lot of teams kind of retained a lot of players. Um, so there wasn't really that market for, you know, free agents to be going around and getting contracts thrown at them. And like you said, with the the length of the off season, you know, you're used to kind of talking to teams in December time and probably having a signed contract by Christmas. But, you know, this year it's happening in February, you know, and that's two months later. So it can get a little stressful in that. Um, but I just kind of stuck true to me and knew that something would kind of come up. And we spoke with Phoenix like at the beginning of the off season. Um, and then, you know, we were looking at other opportunities and things like that. And then it just just worked out nicely that, you know, we came back around full circle and um, it worked out. Yeah, I, I can tell you the you couldn't tell already the buzz from the fans having you back is they're they're going nuts. I think the biggest question is going to be what position are you going to be playing? I, I think it's safe to assume you're going to be playing center back, but we have seen you play as a six. You played a little left back as well with Minnesota. So can you kind of just tell us where do you think you're going to be used the most by Rick? Yeah, so obviously that was part of the discussion and, and in talking to Rick about coming back. Um, you know, the midfield, you know, with the addition of Aiden, which is a great addition to the team. Um, always love playing against Aiden and he's a very good player. 
Um, so having him and Kev in the midfield and then signing some younger guys in there to fill those roles, I think there's a strong midfield. Um, I think the back line obviously is probably where the team's a little bit weakest at right now in terms of depth and things like that. So um, previously, obviously playing center back for a lot of my career, it's probably, you know, I was talking to my agent about it in the off season. It's probably split 50, 50 in games that I've played center back and center midfield. So, you know, I'm no stranger to that position. Um, so that's where I will be utilized for Phoenix. And I think, you know, that can help the team massively, especially as we build out from the back and, you know, having my, my feet and my range of passing and things like that. And then being able to get guys like Aiden on the ball, get Kev on the ball in good positions. I think that's going to help us moving forward. Um, and then obviously, you know, organizing back there and organizing the midfield and defensively keeping everything sound will be a, you know, a big goal of mine to clean sheets, wins championships. <laughs> Did you, uh, I'm sure someone had to have uh, shown you, cause you don't have a Twitter, right? No, I don't have Twitter. But did you see Rick's tweet about, uh, you, Joey, and Toby, and he used Pep Guardiola talking about John Stones and how you guys got the balls and how he asked you guys. Did you did anyone show you that? No, I haven't seen that. You gotta, you gotta ask Toby, ask Joey. You gotta, they they're tagged in it, but okay, that's that was kind of how Rick kind of dropped the whole hint of okay, this is gonna be a reality. But to really uh, appreciate the video, you gotta look it up. It's, it's okay. pretty good. Yeah, I'll have um, to ask him about that. But. Uh, but going forward, is was there any discussion that you might have to play, like maybe let's say during, uh, let's say Kev is gone on mm-hmm. uh, international duty and there, I don't know, God forbid, Aiden has a card or something, can't play. Was there any discussion that, hey, you can actually be used in the midfield, you know, if we were to need you this year, but primarily we're going to want you to play defense? Of course, yeah. And that's exactly, you know, the conversation we had too that was all brought up and, you know, like you said, Kev will be going away and that injuries can happen and things can happen. That's why you obviously need some depth. So that that's obviously a, a great asset of mine as a player is that I am versatile. So I'm able to be moved around and a lot of players, you know, don't have that ability. Um, so, yeah, there will be maybe times you see me playing in the midfield, but primarily as a center back. So I know that everything is not completed yet at the new facilities, but what you have seen compared to what you were used to a few years back. Uh, just tell me, I mean, I haven't even been out there yet. What's it like out there, the new facilities and all that? It's great. I mean, when you see bright green grass in the middle of Arizona, you know, <laughs> you know it's good. So um, it, it feels to me as if, like, you buy a house and you flip a house. It's kind of just like had a makeover. You know, you've got the new changing rooms, knock some walls down, everything's a little bit bigger. Um, the extension to the stadium will be great. Obviously we know the fans pack that last place out. So to get more fans in there, that will be awesome. Um, And it just, even from a fan perspective on a game day experience, it seems like that will be better. Um, The car park's better, like getting to the ground, like all those little things that, you know, just to make it easier for everyone. I think this is going to be a great experience all around the table. So we're lucky, you know, every time I drive to that facility, I had Declan in the car today and, you know, I was just like, mate, this is a, a top facility for USL. You know, you not you don't get these kind of things anywhere else. And even in terms of MLS, I think I was messaging some of the Minnesota boys. Like, if we just had a proper gym, you know, you're talking MLS facility right there. So, yeah, no complaints. Wow, that's uh, that's very interesting here. And it's I wanted to bring Declan into the conversation. How much of an impact did he have? in you coming over here or was it the opposite? Did you kind of convince him that he should come here? Cause he 
his announcement was well before yours, obviously. Yeah, he got announced right away uh, early, maybe last year, I think. Um, and I think it was the I first week of December. Yeah, I didn't know anything about him coming. So when I saw it, it was kind of a shock to me that, you know, they signed another Kiwi, which was which was cool for the club. Um, and I, I, I don't – I know Declan. Obviously, we played in the national team and stuff together, but we're not – like, we didn't grow up together or have close friends. So I only chatted to him when I got here, and he kind of said – it was, you know, tough for him. He hasn't played a lot in the last couple of years, so he needed a place where he knows he can get the game time and play, and, and Phoenix came around, and he saw it as a great opportunity. So um, we were just chatting today. He's like, oh, are you playing center back? And I'm like, yeah. So I was like, you'll be left back, I'll be center back, so we'll be playing next to each other. So that would be, that would be cool. And it's great for the national team too. You know, you have two potential guys for the national team that are playing right next to each other. So that's obviously a bonus too. So this was something that he said was his goal. Um, he wants to obviously go back up, you know, after after this year. Am I going to assume that's going to be your goal as well? I mean, that's, that's every football goaler, isn't it? Yeah, of course. I mean, you want to be playing at the highest level possible. Um, you know, but as far as my goal, it's, you know, I came here with one goal in my mind in 2018, and that was obviously to, to win championship. Um, and we got very close. The team got close again last year, you know, unfortunate circumstances. But um, this year, that, that's kind of my goal is to come here and, you know, make, it, make an impact in the community and with the team. And, um, you know, and then, you know, you have good performances on the field. The team does well. And then that will help you move to wherever it is if it's moving back to MLS. And that's, you know, kind of the plan for me then you know, I'll grab that with both hands and go. But if it's maybe staying here another year and winning another tro- trophy or championship, then I'm happy to do that too. I know the the whole team isn't even assembled yet, but have you noticed anything right off the bat that is a little different from a couple of years ago? And you're like, hell yeah, like, I'm like, let's do it. I'm back. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I actually came into town like two or three weeks ago with my fiance. We were just like randomly just checking out some wedding venues. And obviously there's a bunch of guys in the team that were still here when I was well, from when I was playing and we caught up with them all and da, 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 da. And um, yeah, coming back, um, we got, just arrived on Monday and obviously we we're all in the same apartment complex and it was one of the wives birthdays. So we all got around there and had a barbecue and stuff. So I just feel like it's, 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 I know I went a little bit off topic, but the, the vibe in the team is just so strong and it always has been. And I think there was always like a, a, a reason why we were so good is that everybody was just so good, uh, so friendly off the field. And it was like one big family. And I just feel the exact same way coming back. And it's different. You know, you go to a place like Minnesota where there's more, I would say, older players with families and kids and everybody's living in their own place and different. So like, linking up off the field can be a little bit more difficult you know you kind of only see each other at training where you come here there's automatically a big family feel and we're all friends and the girls all get on and it's it it just feels and that just translates straight to the field and that's you know what I'm hoping will will help us win and and do well on the field um so yeah no proper excited my fiance is excited as well she you know she loves the girls on the team Uh, we have a lot of good friends here so yeah it's a great team environment. So speaking of Minnesota, obviously 2020 was not the year anyone envisioned at all for anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, But specifically for you, I mean, you, you go back up to the MLS, you know, it's not, wasn't your first time and you have basically what 
half your season just taken away in terms of what could have happened. Um, can you just talk about what 2020 was like for you through COVID in Minnesota, in a, in a state that had so much going on with, with the social uh, injustices that happened uh, last summer? Yeah, well, it was a definitely a, a difficult year, um, but a good year at the same time. It's like I don't have any hard feelings towards the year. Um, it was just it was just different. And the reason I say that is because, you know, you're going to an MLS team with a brand new stadium and, you know, the support and all those things. And to not play one home game with, a, with seeing the fans or didn't interact with one single fan the whole year, it was just kind of like, I don't want to say it a throwaway year, but it was like, I didn't get the full experience of playing for Minnesota. And that was the, probably the hardest thing out of it. And then obviously when, um, it was difficult for my fiance because we hadn't had a home game. Um, then COVID happened and we, we, we didn't see it. Like she didn't meet any of the other wives or any other girls. So it's just like, they didn't actually see each other until August or September when we actually played the first started replaying again. So that was difficult. Um, going down to Orlando, I actually really enjoyed that. I think that helped our team a lot um, in terms of just like, having that closeness and being forced to be together and interact. Um, I think that helped us. And like we had the most successful season in their short history. So I think that shows there. Um, but yeah, even COVID affected a bunch of things because there was supposed to be the Euros, there's supposed to be the Olympics. So guys from our team would have been going away. There would have been a lot more opportunities to actually play and things like that. So it didn't plan out the way it was supposed to. <laughs> so COVID kind of messed that up. But like I said, I'm grateful for the experience. Um, I thought in the games that I did play, I did well. Um, so, you know, I can, I can hold my head high and come back to Phoenix and, and focus on this now. Yeah, you, you made uh, six appearances, had two starts and, and, you know, knock on wood, but you should be able to play, you know, 32 plus matches this year. And, and with a player of your caliber, I, I, I think, I think you'll be, you'll be going up shortly soon again. Um, my last question is just going to be about the season in general, because we're going to see three trophies that are going to be winnable for Phoenix rising. And, and I think this might be the first year that the, I don't want to say it's, a winnable open cup, but Rick said it yesterday too. Like if there's a year you can win it, really have a shot. It's this year. I mean, how exciting is it that you could potentially, I mean, if all things go well, uh, win a trouble for Phoenix rising. Yeah. And I didn't even know that. I think someone was telling me about that maybe yesterday. So the open cup is like only. It's significantly smaller than it's, it's like, it's the the top eight teams of USL of championship so only eight teams from usl championship are in it phoenix rising was selected as one of them um if i'm not mistaken not all mls teams are going to be in this that's what i thought too not even all the american mls teams right because the canadian teams don't participate in the open cup but i think it's um i think you guys start in the round of 32 i think it i don't think there's that many teams so like you said yeah it's a great opportunity so obviously for a us to be the first usl team to win an open cup would be very, very special. And that's historic in itself. And it's just another tick in the history books for Phoenix Rising. So I think we can actually, you know, like Open Cup's one of those things where you're like, all right, let's get the MLS teams. Like, let's try and compete. Let's try to beat these MLS teams. But I don't think you really believe you're going to win it as a USL team. So I think the belief could be there this year. Obviously, we haven't started training yet or had those meetings. So until we really, you know, set our goals and start focusing. But I'm sure, yeah, that's a goal that the club, um, you know, want to win that or at least compete. That would be interesting. 
All right, I lied. This will be my last question just because of the, the configuration of this year. You're going to be playing seven teams four times, and then you're going to be playing two other, maybe four times. We don't know about the four other games yet. But how difficult is it playing a team four times when usually you're only used to playing a team yeah. twice? Um, I don't know if it's difficult per se, but it's more just – it, it, it can, yeah, if you're on top of that team, you know, it's a team that you're beating regularly, then that's okay. But if it's, you, they, they start to learn, you can plan more, you can, um, there's more tactics that come into it and you get more familiar with the players that you're playing against and all those kind of things. So it was kind of similar this year in MLS. We played Kansas City three or four times, Houston three or four, Dallas three or four. It was kind of the same thing, but it did get repetitive. You're like, man, we're playing these guys again. <laughs> Can we not play someone else? But I don't know. I guess that's just the way that they're, they're doing it this year. Yeah, if, if if this is how we have to do it to get 32 games instead of 16, I'm, yeah. I'm on board for it, though. For sure. All right, James, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. I know you're busy doing other stuff and talking to other people, but I appreciate it. And again, welcome back to Phoenix. Of course. Man. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. And that's going to do it for this preseason edition of the Uprising podcast. Phoenix Rising's next match. And I'm using air quotes here because it's really just a 30-minute half scrimmage against MLS side Sporting Kansas City. It's on Saturday. Uh, Unfortunately, the game will be behind closed doors for everyone, including media. So we're still waiting on the official word of when we will all be able to attend and see the first rising match of 2021. Not to mention that the roster is only at 16 players officially. However, Rick Sean said last week that he expects 23 to 24 players and that, quote, Some will be on contracts with multiple clubs, which means that players will be coming over to Phoenix Rising on loan, kind of like the likes of Lagos Kungo and Eric Dick did last season. So, to be sure you don't miss out on anything Phoenix Rising this preseason, head over to ArizonaSports.com or download the Arizona Sports app, and be sure to keep up on the latest things PRFC, including breaking news. Follow me on Twitter at JWA1994. Until next time, ci vediamo, a dopo, ciao.